I'm Ryan Baker. And I'm Justin Woodbury. Welcome to the Beloved Son Podcast, where we explore our identities as sons and daughters of God the Father. On today's episode, we will be continuing sharing our testimonies by Ryan Baker. Hope you enjoy. What is up, guys? I know you couldn't hear this, but Justin just literally did our countdown in Spanish. I usually do it in English, and this was Justin's first time. Actually, his second time. No, I take that back. His third time leading all all tonight because we had to redo the episode because my mic started bugging out about four minutes in. So I was like, you know what? This is not worth it. But the first time he did it, it caught me off guard. He went from five... You know, five, four, three, two, one, zero in Spanish, and we hit go. Then we had to redo it. <laughs> we do it again, and he starts at ten. And I'm like, okay, he's gonna go from ten to zero, and we're gonna hit go. And then he goes from ten to five, then stops, and he's staring at me on the video screen. And he's like, "Did you start?" I'm like, "No, I didn't start. You stopped at five. I thought you were gonna go down to zero. So now his third time doing it. He went back from five to zero in Spanish. So, yeah, I was just trying to test your Spanish. Man. <laughs> no, I can't. Yeah, thank you. I could really use that because I yeah. I think I took four years in high school, but I can pick up on some vocabulary <laughs> things here and there. But man, my Spanish is not not where I wish it would be. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I I mean I. I took Spanish like from kindergarten through eighth grade and it was like every year was like learning the same thing it was like you know your colors and the you know uh uh different animals or like indefinite articles like el yeah you know all this stuff like it's just like repetitive so and numbers and count like saying like what today is and like looking at a calendar and all that stuff so yeah today you know <laughs> well no that i i did in high school well i started in eighth grade so i did did i start in eighth or seventh maybe I did seventh seventh eighth yeah i think it's seventh and eighth and then i did ninth tenth and then ninth mm. and tenth so i did four years but it was pretty hard it got nice. more difficult more difficult and then we would it was oh my gosh it was so scary when we would have to speak in front of the class in spanish or we had to do like oral examinations Sometimes we would do them yeah. with a partner where you have to converse with the partner and then you get a grade on your conversation essentially. And it was one of those things where <laughs> it was so hard not to laugh when you know, you're sitting in class and one of your good friends is like speaking in Spanish in front of the class and is just botching everything. <laughs> or we were just so, we were not good at it and it was so embarrassing, but then it was so funny and it was very similar like we were talking about earlier. It's so easy to get the giggles when your friend is presenting in front of the class. Especially when they're botching everything. Mm-hmm. You're just like, dude, you're saying all this wrong. <laughs> you know, I bet nowadays, though, you know how like everyone uses like Google Translate? I wonder if chat GPT does something similar. Like, could dude, it speak in a different language? Probably. Kids are probably writing their essays. I don't know how teachers would... Because AI is so complicated and it's not repetitive. And so kids are probably finding insanely unique ways to cheat and teachers are probably not caught up on how to catch them because when, when we were in high school and especially college they had those softwares where if you um you know they would catch people cheating by that you put your paper in the system and they could see if you picked it up online but now with ai oh wow i wonder if 
if they can if they can do that. That's interesting. Hmm. I'll have to bring Probably. on some type of Catholic educator and, and see uh and see what, what their <laughs> schemes are in terms of catching kids from cheating these days. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's I just like the old style like pen and paper, you know, take an exam. Yeah, that's long gone. I know, it's pretty it's long gone. <laughs> Dude, speaking of the past, you know, but speaking of the past, yeah. speaking about high school, I'm excited to share my story with you guys. <laughs> what a transition! What a transition! But I, <laughs> the theme, <laughs> the theme I want to, I really want to come back to kind of today as I'm as I'm sharing my story is the journey. I was gonna say that you know the battle to my identity, but I think I want to I want to speak a bit more in the journey, the journey to finding my identity as a son son of God. Not only, I mean. Yes, this is our podcast, the Blood Sun Podcast, and that is a big theme of everything. But I think it's also been a huge, huge theme of my life, especially the last year or so. So I was kind of reflecting on what I wanted, the overall overarching theme mm. of the story, mm. my life with you guys to be, would be that, the journey, journey home to my identity. And I will note, when I'm sharing the story of my past, I'm going to try to be very gentle on myself and gentle on my past. And, and gentle on my intentions and my desires. It was something that very recently my girlfriend called me out on when, when I, would, I would get frustrated with myself or when I would speak on my past. She was like, you need, to, you need to show more compassion and love on your past self. Like, you need, you need to love your past self more. And I wouldn't want you to speak, you know, to, to, to somebody else, to, to your son. Um, like you're, you'd speak on your past self and just like make jokes about it or be super frustrated with my past self. And that like, honestly was probably one of the most transformational conversations of my life. And it was only probably a month ago, but just the, the internal narrative that I'll have of myself and have over my past has really changed drastically. So I'm telling stories about my past. I'm mm. telling more about myself and I start talking bad about myself. I want you to punch me through the screen. I'll, I'll do my best. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna deck um, your computer. <laughs> All of a sudden, we can't hear you anymore. Yeah, yeah. And then my computer will probably be like, "I'm restarting now." <laughs> yeah, we didn't tell the story of Justin's Justin's <laughs> camera not working. Then <laughs> the reboot. <laughs> Time to reboot. Need camera to does not work. <laughs> you got too frustrated. Um, yeah. It, actually, you know, I think I heard someone recently share their testimony, and like one of their three points was like, "Be gentle with yourself." Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I remember remember there was someone who said that yeah but yeah no yeah. jane yeah when she said that i was like whoa that is huge and so i really have tried to be when i'm talking about myself to others about my yeah my own my own struggles now or my own my own past i'll try to be just talk about myself more gently she mentioned how like when you hear sister miriam talk about herself and she's very open about her past and it's <laughs> She had a really, really rough past, but she never speaks bad about herself. And she always talks about herself very reverently. It's very beautiful. And so it struck me deep. And then also when, I, when I'm chatting with other people now, and they'll share with me. And I, yeah, I get like, it's, it's amazing to get an opportunity where a lot of people, when I'll ask them for their prayer intentions, they will open up to me about a lot of things that they're struggling with or different things that they're frustrated with about themselves. And I have you know caught some people. I'm like, hey, you know, speak gently about yourself. Don't. Don't speak about yourself so in such a harsh way. Like your heart, your heart's desiring good things. You might be struggling in these areas or, or, or fulfilling those desires in different areas, but 
you're still good and speak of yourself more gently like you know that kind of as my girlfriend had mentioned like how would you want to talk to your son if they were going through this or if they were had had a similar past or were going through something how would you speak to them like try to try to speak to yourself like that hmm. Hmm. Well, yeah that's good yeah struck it's good reflection struck deep struck very deep but yeah i can yeah i mean i'll start i know i shared we shared a little bit on our first episode um but i can start from from scratch i growing up i was baptized in the lutheran church and we attended lutheran churches growing up um and we, we go to church pretty regularly and in the lutheran church we 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 go through confirmation class kind of very similar to to catholics where they'll go through ccd um around late elementary school early middle school and then we'll get confirmed and be members of a lutheran church in the spring of eighth grade so i think it was i think it was either it was definitely all of seventh grade and then all of eighth grade leading up until the spring where we did confirmation class but it may have been sixth grade as well but anyways so it'd be once a week that we would that we would go to these and we'd learn more about the faith we did dive um a lot into they would show us a decent amount of content about martin luther actually this is actually really funny justin but i <laughs> just show you i mean when you're, you're young and in elementary school and i didn't know much about church history and whatnot and we get there one day in confirmation class and there and I, I never wanted to be there i was my heart always desired to be out playing outside playing baseball or messing around with my friends and having to go from school then to confirmation class and then baseball practice afterwards was just such a long night and my my little self my little boy self was like I don't want to do this I've been sitting in I've been sitting in school all day the last thing I want to do is go to confirmation class and but it was one day where we were going and they said that we were going to watch a movie on Martin Luther and I literally I had no clue I like I just we gr- I grew up Lutheran. I didn't know much about church history. I thought we were about to watch a movie on like Martin Luther King Jr. I literally didn't know that it was going to be about Martin Luther and the Protestant Reformation and everything. Um, but anyway, so I remember that confirmation class a lot because it, it was uh, an in-depth movie on Martin Luther's life and you know his 95 theses and his, his protests against the Catholic Church. So that was kind of when I, I think I, I first started establishing kind of some knowledge about the Reformation or about church history and at least about what what luther was and what our church believed um but yeah it was it was something we would go to church um on sundays but i got really 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 into baseball um, specifically travel baseball probably around that same time late elementary school early middle school and i'd been playing all my life since i was five i mean picking up baseballs or whatever sports was laying around whether it was a bat or a hockey stick or anything any type of ball and i'd be chucking it around the house and whatnot but i got really into organized sports um specifically baseball and that was basically it really in terms of organized sports in that late elementary school or middle school area and we so we traveled a ton on the weekends because we're playing travel baseball so we wouldn't we wouldn't go to church very regularly on the weekends once i hit that age just because baseball kind of became became everything and it really did consume pretty much most of my time on the weekends and then most of my energy and just my my life in general it was a huge huge part of my life and so I think that where that's where I kind of start that this first 
this first chapter of kind of those early early roots and probably a lot of those roots were definitely even in, came in before that time period because my dad was very into sports and was a high school baseball coach for forever he still is a high school baseball coach and so I grew up hanging around hanging around the baseball field and then hanging around um, in the dugout hanging around the players and I just really wanted to be a baseball player and then dove into it head first around that age and that's what I say would be the first thing that really became huge huge battle for my identity is just being a baseball player and it was my my outlet it was kind of my what I went to at any time whether I was happy whether I was sad whether I was stressed baseball was always it so I like most kids had this like you know very strong ambitions and dreams of going off and becoming big college baseball player and big professional baseball player one day like most kids that get involved in sports do so I um were I mean I'll say like we were chatting a little bit before we hopped on the 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 podcast of just kind of the the humanity and all this and some of the good things that came out of this is that from a young age I had this very strong desire for for greatness and well it maybe it wasn't as greatness in being a Christian man and you know the virtue of magnanimity but greatness of being an amazing baseball player and so it did engrave some some virtue I would say in that it obviously engraved a lot of um, you know I would say like borderline idolatry of sports but it did engrave this virtue of excellence that became very warped as I'll explain but but specifically of greatness and so with that I mean I was working very very hard all throughout middle school um, I'm just coming home from school and always just wanting to hit off the team in my backyard always wanting to throw a tennis ball off the garage and field and work on my backhand my forehand and my defense and you know constantly watching baseball videos trying to figure out how to get better and better and better had this dream of being on the varsity baseball team as a freshman in high school which was hard very hard where I went it was a very very we, I went to a high school with well, it was it was a secondary school, so it's seventh through twelfth grade, but we had about four thousand students there, so it was a huge school. Sports was a wow. was yeah, it, it was a big school, and it was a very sports driven school. We had a lot of amazing students that were going off to Ivy Leagues as well, so there was a lot of good academics, but it was a huge sports school with a lot of sports pride, and specifically a very good baseball team, like you know, very well decorated with championships and. A lot of the guys that were in the starting lineup would often be going to play at playing play college after they left high school. So it was hard and it was rare to make varsity as a freshman. But me and and some of my friends, it was it was a goal of ours. And so we'd grow up going to watch the. I went to Lake Braddock High School in Virginia. Go up watching these these baseball games when we were little kids and just dream about being on that field ourselves. And so yeah, I mean, I worked super hard built some really great relationships especially with the guys on my team or with the guys that I was going to go to high school with and ended up making varsity my freshman year I mean it was it was awesome just being around it was just like a dream come true I didn't play a ton but I played some and it was just a dream come true being able to be on that field um, with all these guys that were you know three four years older than me and just being on varsity as a freshman so it was a huge huge uh huge accomplishment with it definitely came um, I, mean, I didn't know it then, but definitely came like a lot of pride and, and came a lot of just, yeah, you know, you kind of felt, even though it was only a freshman, 
it just kind of felt like me and some of my buddies were like the the guys in our grade and and obviously with that came like a lot of popularity and you know as we know as humans we love attention affirmation and affection and so i was really fulfilling a lot of those desires i would say in that um in my identity it was like being on varsity as a freshman it was a huge huge thing um but continue to you know work hard um playing a lot more since then like starting as a sophomore and starting the rest of the way and was yeah still continuing this desire to i mean i kind of knew i was like okay i'm not gonna get drafted out of high school <laughs> you know you kind of come be a little more realistic as you grow up but um I knew I could, st- I could definitely go play in college. And obviously, I was striving to be a D1 baseball player. And I felt like I was kind of on track for that when I was a freshman. Then I just kind of stopped growing. I, you know, I got to about five foot seven, five foot eight. I think I'm five foot seven. But um, it just kind of stopped growing. And then I, I just, I, I would say it kind of like plateaued maybe a little bit and just in terms of a lot of like my skill level or performance or strength, which was really challenging because a lot of my friends obviously continued growing or continued just getting like a lot bigger, a lot stronger, and a lot faster. And so I kind of started realizing as I got through high school, okay, I'm probably not on track to be a D1 baseball player. And a lot of my friends were beginning to commit to these D1 schools. But so I was like, okay, I kind of hit a phase my, my, at the beginning of my senior year. I'm like, I don't even know. I mean, I could go play at a D3 school. Like maybe I'll just go somewhere and just be a student, maybe play club, um, but just hang out. I don't know. I just wanted to like go to college football games, tailgate, mess around, and watch football with my friends. <laughs> I just kind of got into that point. Um, and yeah, Christianity was at that point not really something super, super. I would get. Well, I guess I would say all along, you know, from the time I, I can remember up until even then in high school, I would get these like very. Now I understand more. It's like Holy Spirit driven moments where I'd feel this calling that like, okay, Ryan, like you were made for more than this because during this time again I was fulfilling a lot of my desires for you know attention affirmation and affection in places that they shouldn't have been I was hurting myself and hurting a lot of people in the process so it amidst all that I would, I would get these you know feelings and callings like you know you're made for more than this you shouldn't be doing these things you um and I always specifically with, when I'd read stories or you see Tim Tebow on the tv and hear him talking about his relationship with God and just you, know, you could tell you he's like a missionary he was like a missionary disciple and he actually would go on these mission trips um, his parents were actual um, missionaries as a career and I would get very motivated by hearing that I always felt very driven to mission work I didn't know what it would look like so there's always this draw to kind of go all in for Jesus even throughout these these ages where if you looked at my life from the outside, you would not think that any of those thoughts were going on. But they would they would happen pretty frequently, and I wasn't living it out in any type of way at all. But then my um, my let's see my senior year of my senior year of high school, I eventually got a little more on track of what I wanted to do and I decided I wanted to go play D3 baseball and that's kind of what was on the table for me at that point and I go to visit this one school called Emory and Henry College and it's kind of funny I told myself and it's, it's, it's funny it's cringy but I there's this one song I think it's called Home Home by Philip Phillips and I was on a visit at this college and I'd been on a visit at a previous school before that, and that song came on as I was pulling on, 
fully into the college campus. And I just thought it was very like, okay, this is God telling me that this, this college is going to be my home. But it didn't work out with baseball at that school. And so I decided, okay, let, if that song comes on, if Home by Philip Phillips comes on, then I'll know that, I'll know that th- this is where I'm supposed to be. This is the college that I'm supposed to be at. And so my mom and I go to visit this college, and we meet with the coaches. We do a tour of the campus and all that, all that stuff. And then we we essentially, yes, I told myself if I hear that song, I'm going to go to this college, which is just, it's just a funny, I don't know. It was one of those things like, okay, God, if you want me here, then play this song for me. And so the, the visit with the, at the college went great and everything, but that song hadn't came on on the radio or nothing. So I was like, okay, what the heck? Am I supposed to go here or not, God? What are, what are we doing? And then we're we were in the hotel the morning um, after our morning after, and we were gonna go over to the school for a second, and then head home. And this advertisement in the hotel lobby on on this the TV screen was kind of advertising the the area. This, I think it was a healthcare ad, but that song "Home" by Phil Phillips was playing, and it was kind of just show, showing how beautiful Southwest Virginia was. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And so I honestly was not sure if this is where I was supposed to go to college. But literally that song came on. I was like, all right, this is where I'm going. You got it, God. I'll commit here. I'll play here. I'll, I'll go to school here next year. So I committed to play baseball there at Emory Henry College. So that's just a little funny aside. But kind of back to back to the identity thing. Still definitely identity is really driven in baseball. But through that, as you can see, like that, that desire for greatness led to some cool things. Like I was given the opportunity to go play go play sports in college. And while it wasn't a D1 school as I was envisioning, it was still it was still a college. It was still an, an NCAA team. And I, I learned a lot of amazing lessons there. But during that time, I actually started getting, I started, you know, just looking on Instagram of, you know, the players that were there or the players that used to be there. And I noticed that a lot of these baseball players um, and a lot of the athletes at that college were Christian. And, you know, they'd wear christian bracelets and they would post things and they'd have bible verses and their instagram bios and everything and i just got this yeah this i really wanted to be like that i was like, okay i want to be a christian college baseball player i want to be a christian athlete and a lot of it's just like yeah i thought it looked cool like i thought the bracelets they had were cool i thought you know having bible verses on instagram was cool i thought having bible verses on your wrist tape while you're playing games was cool um, but I did, I had this desire to grow more of my faith and some of it was driven just by, I don't know, I thought it, I wanted to fit in and I thought it would, it was what, you know, the popular thing to do essentially and what would help me kind of get, be in that crowd once I got to that college. So going away, it was good. You know, I, I got away from, from high school and I was like, okay, you know, I can, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, as anyone goes off to college, it's a fresh new start. Which was good news because, yeah, like I was saying, I, I definitely had a lot of struggles and was involved in things I shouldn't have been in high school. And so I get to college, and by the grace of God, is another huge fruit of, of the hard work with baseball is once I got there, I, you know, the, your first couple days and, and couple weeks on a college campus are very transformational in terms of what's going to happen um, in, in your time in college. You know, we, we were very big on that as, as college, being involved in college ministry now. But, um, the Christian guys on the baseball team and the people in the fellowship of Christian athletes at that college really, really took me under their wing from the beginning, having conversations with me over breakfast and over meals, hanging out with me, inviting me to FCA meetings on Monday, 
um, which was just a grace of God because I could have gone any direction because other people were also trying to get my attention in those first couple days. So they, um, yeah, they, they really did an amazing job of pursuing me, which was great. And I was for the first time probably surrounded by some good, good Christian fellowship. Um, and yeah, it's just another huge fruit of, out of all of this as, a, as you know, even though maybe idolizing baseball wasn't the best thing, there's some really good things that came out of this and being able to go to this school. So um, I'd say a huge transformational thing happened. My, well, baseball was going really good for me in the fall. I was probably playing better than I ever had. Um, I was growing more in my faith and I think I was just growing a lot as a, as a man, you know, away from home, so I'm to do a lot on my own. So that fall was very good my freshman year and baseball was going very, very, very good. Then in the winter, they had this, um, this evangelical missionary group called carry the love that they basically have a group of missionaries and they just get in vans and they're assigned to different regions around the United States and they just get in vans and they just travel. They go from college to college to college and they just put on praise and worship nights and share the gospel like very, very, um, very, very strongly and with a lot of energy. And I think it was the first time that I, I probably heard the gospel before, but I think it was the first time that my heart was kind of in a position to really understand it and accept it. So it was just very like, very Holy Spirit filled moment of, you know, like giving your life to Christ. And I did it with some of my brothers on the baseball team and it was, it was beautiful. And we're, obviously we're still, you know, in the Protestant community is very non-denominational community and to believe in, you know, when you, when you do these things that you will get, would go and, you know, get, get rebaptized essentially. Cause it's kind of like a Baptist slash Pentecostal mixed together, non-dominational situation. So it's cool. Me and some of my friends, I'd been baptized before, but I think some of them hadn't been baptized, but they literally took us over, went into uh, the college, like allowed us, allowed this organization is a Christian college, allowed us to use their, their pool. And next, the next day the some of the college chaplains and the missionaries came and they were like, we like had this like baptism, like thing in the pool. And it was, it was great. Like my teammates were there. My lifting coach was there. Um, I was talking with, with my one guy that really mentored me spiritually now. And I was like, yeah, a lot of the people had been baptized before, but they would say like, you know, when you have this like monumental moment and you want to live a new life that you would do this, you'd get rebaptized. And he's like, yeah, it's, it's like confession. I was like, oh yeah, it really is. <laughs> um, you know, it, it basically, you know, when we don't have sacraments, we kind of like make them in different ways, I guess I would say. So the desire there for to be made clean again and to make a mark of transformation. So, um, but yeah, so that was huge. That was, uh, that was like huge things going on in my spiritual life my freshman year. Um, and it was really this like mountaintop experience, I would say. And I know, you know, we both are in college ministry now. We know that these mountaintop experiences don't, don't necessarily always stick unless we have somebody really walking with us or at least a group of people walking with us. So I, I definitely started making some changes in my life for about a week. Mm -hmm. And it was really honestly probably the best week of my life. I remember being so rooted in my identity as a Christian that I felt such little fear. Um, like I'd be taking a really hard test and like, whatever, you know, I could fail this test, uh, but I know I've prepared well and I know that I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to be good even if I fail this test. And then I wouldn't fail the test. I would get like an amazing grade because I was so rooted in my identity and how much Jesus loved me. I also was playing baseball better than ever because I was like, whatever, you know, I could have, I could play terrible right now and I'll still be okay. It doesn't matter. I'm just playing for an audience of one person. That's Jesus. And I was playing, it was like the best like scrimmage I've ever played in my life. So it was really, it was, it was such a mountaintop experience for about a week. Um, 
but unfortunately, I think, yeah, I mean, honestly, it, it, uh, honestly, if I'm being dead honest, it was really just falling back into some sin. I think that really took me out of that. And that just wasn't, didn't have anybody to really walk with me through those things. And I didn't really know how to um, open, just like, I didn't know how to go about all that. I had this amazing experience, but I didn't know what to do next, essentially. Um, and now I understand, you know, why it's so important as in college ministry for us to do that and walk with students after these mountaintop experiences at retreats or at conferences. So, so that was huge. Um, and then I, uh, long story short, I just ended, I ended up not, I didn't want to stay at that college anymore. I didn't want to play baseball anymore. Honestly, if you're just, it, baseball was causing me so much anxiety. I had this huge, like warped view of excellence. And I just didn't. Like, I'd have a bad game and think I cost my team the game, and so it would turn into a bad week. Like, I couldn't get out of the rut of having a bad game. And it was just causing me so much stress and anxiety. And I was like, all right, let's just get rid of baseball, essentially. Let's transfer from the school. Let's go back home, figure out what I want to do and what I want to major in. Let's just get rid of this. Like, this is causing me stress. Let's just get rid of it. Of course, that's that's not how things work in the human heart. And so... I leave baseball, I leave that school, I go home, and then I just start doing the same thing with school. Like, you know, my heart basically went from, you know, the the anxiety about baseball and then just switched it right into schoolwork, basically. Um, and that's around when, this is like 2019, 2020, so I'm back home, decided I want to be, go into nursing school, and I'm just working, on, working my butt off to get into nursing school because nursing school is hard to get into. And then COVID hit, and... COVID hit, got into nursing school, and during this time, I'm like kind of still really half foot, you know, one foot in, one foot out in terms of the Christian life. Definitely still finding different ways to like fill, you know, that desire for affirmation, affection, and attention, and things that shouldn't be continuing to kind of, you know, hurt myself and and hurt other people in the process of that. Um, But as many people, when COVID hit, started asking the harder questions in life, I would say. I got interested in, I was going to non-dominational churches and I was kind of making some strides in my spiritual life again, and which was great. I was at like a, a, a non-dominational church where the pastor was like really convicted and really on fire. And then eventually um, I got kind of interested in Catholicism. I read an article about the Reformation and I was like, you know what? If I was alive then, I think I would have, I think I would have wanted to stay in the church even if things weren't going great, because I'm like, okay, I want to fix this. I, I, I wouldn't want to leave the church. So it was reading about the Reformation that got me f- interested. Then, obviously, when that opened up the f- absolute floodgates in terms of <laughs> absolute rabbit hole of going down with Catholic podcasts, Catholic um, books, Catholic articles. Because then I'm like, what's, what is this Eucharist that they're speaking of? Right? All these sacraments and stuff. And I start reading, and I'm like, okay, this is interesting. This is a lot more contentious than I thought. These are like very stern beliefs that are very, very different than mine. What in the world is true? And I, honestly, I can get in my head a lot, but honestly, it was one of the more simpler discernments in my life. I basically told myself, okay, okay, I'm confused. I don't know what's true. I'm hearing a lot of these Catholic guys speaking and talking about their conversions. This is kind of sounding kind of convicting. But essentially, I told myself, who would know what was right? Okay, obviously Jesus would know what was right. And Jesus' followers, you know, his disciples, the, the first apostles, they would know what's right because they're literally, you know, eating, sleeping, and breathing with Jesus. And they're having conversations with him, you know, that aren't in, this, aren't in 
the Gospels and in the New Testament. And, they, you know, when they're sitting around a campfire at night, they're conversing nonstop, and I'm sure they're asking Jesus questions, and he's answering them, and it's not all accounted for, as you can see in John's Gospel, at the end of John's Gospel, where he says, you know, if we were to write everything down, it would take, you know, we wouldn't be able to fulfill the books of the earth, and whatnot. <laughs> so, like, they would know. And then the people that they, that they taught, so, you know, those people that lived, you know, their disciples, people in the years, you know, the late first century, and the people in the years 100 and 200s, they would know. What, what was true and what Jesus believed and what, what, what we ought to do in, in these controversial things like the Eucharist and, yeah, the church and everything. So, like, those people would know. So I basically told myself, okay, well, what do they believe? <laughs> and so I started reading and researching, like, oh, shoot, they were all Catholic. <laughs> I was like, oh, joke's on me. <laughs> joke's on me. These guys are all Catholic. So I'm going to try to fix my mic real quick. But, um stop making this noise but essentially i'm like okay yeah the these guys are catholic and these you know we call them the early church fathers the early church fathers you know, doctors of the church so i'm like okay simple as that and so i was really convicted about all these things I'm very convicted on the eucharist and so I, I by the grace of god i was trying to figure out what i wanted to do i'm like where do i go to rca what do i what do i do what is next and i got kind of complacent and i didn't know exactly what to do rca and i was working at a mexican restaurant serving this young uh, there was a young girl and her her dad and her mom, and they're looking at artwork of Mary on their phone. Like, okay, should I ask them if they're Catholic? Okay, that's it. I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna ask them. I asked this them happened at Catholic. a Mexican like, restaurant. Oh, yeah. Yes, at a Mexican restaurant, Cinco Tequilas. Wow. Yeah. And upset. She was like, "Yeah, they're." I, she's like, I'm, "We're Catholic. I'm actually a, a, a I'm a focused missionary." Um, and I'm a focus missionary at Mason, but it's my last night here. I'm going up to a different school, but I can get you in contact with the focus missionaries at George Mason. It's like, great, this is a sign from God for me to figure out what I'm going to do. And so she gets me in contact with um, the missionaries at George Mason that were there, particularly the guys. And, yeah, they they uh, invited me. They, well, nah, they kept inviting me to things. I kept t- you know not showing up, and then I eventually showed up, <laughs> as most students do. And... <laughs> I just fell in love with it. I was like, whoa. At first, I was very drawn to the community. I was like, these people, because I had this very strong desire for like good Christian community at that time. That desire in my heart was huge. And I was really finding, like, fulfilling that desire for community in other places that weren't great. So then I was drawn so heavily into this, this, the community at George Mason with the missionaries and the student leaders and the students. And I um, got into RCIA at George Mason and was doing it with with the missionary and so a missionary was walking me through all this student leaders were walking with me through all this one of our campus ministers um was walking me through all this and i'd meet with him for hours each week just wrestling with all these different things that we talked about in the rcia because i was so interested but so restless and i was very confused because mass was polar opposite from what worship that i was going to on sundays i was going to a non-denominational church um, you know, not, no like liturgy, just like some amazing praise and worship music, an on fire um, sermon, and then another praise and worship music at the end. So the mass was very different. I felt very distant from God during this. I was just so confused, and I was really wrestling with a lot of different church teachings. Even though, like I said, it was simple. Okay, what did the early fathers believe? My desires and my own heart. I was like, okay, yeah, maybe I know this is true, but like, I don't know if I can live this out. <laughs> I don't know if I can live this out myself. And so, um, it, it was it was a rough year, if I'm gonna be honest. It was beautiful, 
and the ending of it, it God had everything planned out perfectly because when it came time for the vigil, there's so much goodness had gone on. But it was a real roller coaster throughout the year, to say the least. Um, and so then came, I think another, honestly, I, I guess I need to include this, a huge, huge, I would say something that big happened was I was at clinical one day because I was in nursing school at this point. And I was working with a young, young female nurse. She just graduated from Catholic University. And she was really on fire for her faith. And we were sitting, we had a really rough shift. And as most you know, nurses understand, it's like you have a train wreck of a shift. And then you're kind of like getting two seconds to sit down in the break room to shove food down your mouth. And just started having some small talk. And I told her that I was an RCA, and she was all excited. And she was like, have you ever read the book Men, Women, the Mystery of Love? And I was like, no. And I didn't read, I didn't go off and buy the book after that shift. But um, I went on YouTube and watched the talk by Dr. Edward Sree. It was a Sikh. I think he was at Sikh. Um, and I was just, so amidst the, the roller coaster of my time at RCIA, listening to his talk on Men, Women, the Mystery of Love and understanding love helped me to understand God and the church, especially a lot of the church's teachings. So it was like in the context of learning about love, particularly in the context of a man, man and a woman, that things started seeping down from my head, down to my heart. And like, I guess, as most of you know, like listening, that distance can be very far. <laughs> you can like know something, but it takes a long time to really truly accept it in your heart or understand it in your heart. So that was huge. And that was about like a, maybe a month or month or so before the Easter vigil. So a lot of transformation happened in my heart that last month preparing for the vigil and deciding to come into the church and then decided to go forth with it. Went to my first confession um, on Good Friday. And it was, yeah, I mean, pouring out like, what, the age of reason was eight up until 22. How many years is that, Justin? Why are we bad at math? Uh, four, 14. Yeah, yeah 14. Between eight and 22. Yeah, 14. Why are we bad at math? 14. 14. Yeah, it's like 14 mm-hmm. years of stuff to that priest. Oh, a lot, to say the least. And so, uh, and all that I can remember, obviously, it's not like I can remember everything, but it was very beautiful. It was very, I mean, it was just good in general, but it was also just very, like, emotional experience. And came to the church and just were experiencing, like, radical healing and receiving the sacraments. So receiving the sacrament of confirmation, or confession first, then confirmation, and then receiving the Eucharist for the first time. Like, radical hearing, healing that I couldn't have even imagined before then. Um, yeah, just, like, things I was scared about were just scared about and then becoming Catholic were just, like, healed. It was wild. Um, yeah, really miracles. And so that was huge. And then with that, obviously, so I came into the church. And, um, yeah, by the grace of God, for whatever reason, the staff at George Mason decided to take a risk and just invest on me like crazy and, like, invited me into leadership. Even though I had just came into the church, they asked me to lead the prayer and liturgy ministry with um, with another student. And I didn't even know how to pray the rosary at that point. Like, by – I mean, I could pray it. Like, if I had it in front of me, I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to pray the rosary. And so it uh so that next year my senior year of college was just extremely transformational, I'd say. Um that summer after coming to the church I really started developing a prayer life, um, developing, you know, just making good fr- some good friends, um, eliminating some bad habits and filling them with, with good habits. And yeah, I just had this really strong desire then to give back to to the church and to the world and to specifically college students like I had received. And 
so that next year that senior year um a lot of just like the, my senior year was just fulfilled with just like some amazing blessings i made some awesome friends i had that summer gotten an internship to work in a really busy emergency room and trauma center in northern virginia um and absolutely loved my job ended up getting hired there to stay on as a staff nurse once i finished college um i like i said had gotten into leadership and was helping out at the chapel and that desire as a man to like lead um, and to help others was being fulfilled in such good ways and being in that position helped me be like okay i i want to grow and i want to keep growing i want to keep growing in my faith and so I would say that the next part is like, so then I was Catholic and I was a leader and I, but at times, you know, we'll see in ministry, I was definitely finding my identity in, in like being a Catholic leader or like a student leader or, and just being like a Catholic man in general. Um, I also had gotten into like a beautiful relationship with my girlfriend I was speaking of earlier at the time, at that time, in the beginning of my senior year of college. And so much goodness was coming out of that relationship. And it was, yeah, it was so, it was so beautiful, like from the start. And now it's just, it was so much goodness was filled in it. Um, and she was somebody that was just, was always calling me higher in like such a good and gentle way as I was explaining, um, as I was explaining at the beginning of this podcast. But, you know, like I was saying, I, I think I really found a lot of my identity in like, okay, I want to be this amazing Catholic man. And I want to be a good leader. I want to be a good boyfriend. Um, yeah, and be strong. And so, and again, like, these are, like, good desires because, like, in our hearts as, as a man, like, we want to be able to love well. We want to be able to love other people well. We want to be able to lead other people well. <coughs> we want to be able to be strong and protect <coughs> other people. Bless you, Justin. <laughs> so a lot of these desires are good um, in my heart. And so really come back to me gentle on myself. But I would say I would definitely fall into that kind of often of building up this image of myself um, even though at this point it's like they're, they're good things, um, but not really truly resting in my identity as a son. It was just, just being that, you know, you're just good and that just being a son of God, like that's enough. And that is your, that is your identity and everything's going to flow from that. Um, so again, just like abundant blessings, I would say are poured out my senior year, um, in terms of friendships, in terms of relationship with my girl, my, my girlfriend, Jane. And, then with that, I was like, okay, I love this stuff so much. I also love nursing, and I have this job lined up at my current job that I was working at the time in the ER and trauma center. But I also feel really drawn to giving back in, to students and being a college missionary. And, do, you know, I, I couldn't not let that desire go away. Anytime I decided, like, nope, I'm just going to go forth with my career as a nurse, I like not a day would go like a day would go by and I'd be just something would happen. God would send me something and I'd be like, Oh gosh, I got to apply to be a focus missionary. Like he's not going to let me not do this. Is he? And so in the fall, I went through the application process, um, went to interview weekend. I told myself, okay, no matter what, I'm at least going to go to interview weekend and went to interview weekend. And it was one of the best weekends of my life. Um, and I was just very convinced like, okay, if, if focus offers me, I don't know if they will because I'm, I just converted to Catholicism. I'm not having been Catholic for a year. And I remember in a previous episode, I told you, told you guys how I went to Justin and told, told him every reason why focus shouldn't hire me. And so I, I, I wasn't convinced I was going to get an offer from focus, um, to be a missionary, but I did. It was like shortly after Thanksgiving, I believe that I got the call and, um, got an offer and accepted immediately. I got in front of like, okay, 
if, if focus gives me an offer, I want to accept it right away. And yeah, I wanted to, to give two years of my life to be a missionary on the college campuses to help just do, just to help God labor in that environment specifically. I feel very called, obviously, to labor in whatever environment he, he calls me in, and I'm very convicted on you know, us being missionary disciples wherever we are in life, but I felt very convicted about doing it on college campuses for two years. So me and a group of my friends, including my girlfriend, all actually accepted offers, and um, yeah, it was hard to walk away from my job. I loved my job. I loved my coworkers, and it was a good work environment, good pay and everything, um, but I ultimately decided to do that. And I would say with that, again, kind of falling into that identity sometimes of being like a good Catholic leader and a good Catholic man and being strong and protecting and um, loving well and setting myself up, you know, all these things. I also, you know, can find myself even now kind of falling into my, letting my identity slip into like, oh, I'm a focused missionary. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, this is, this is who I am and this is so cool and it is cool and it's such a great blessing. Um, but during that, that, that last spring of college, I really started diving into some healing and specifically on understanding just God's abundant love for me as a son. And so while those, those battle, that battle for my identity and the journey home to my identity is still, obviously it's continuous everyday battle, through this process of finishing up senior year, and beginning my time with focus, I so much transformation is happening and just understanding. It's really uh, one of the reasons why we started this podcast is we've both been on this journey of just understanding our identities as sons of God. And so it's not only brought so much healing, but it's also just helped so much in any area of my life, whether it be as a boyfriend, as a focused missionary, um, as a son to my parents, as a brother to my sister and uncle to my niece, um, as a friend to just everything just flowing from my identity as being a son of God and just being like knowing deep down that like I'm good, like I'm okay. I'm, there's nothing that can shake that identity. I obviously have to interact with that, this grace that God's given me, but nothing can shake my identity as a son of God. Um, and so I, I think you yeah, had to kind of wrap up that it, it, it is, it, it's a battle and it's like, it's a it's a fight as explained a battle for our identity that we constantly have to fight fight for but it is kind of a journey home i've kind of i've arrived to now like okay i understand this i understand what my identity is and so now now it's just that it's that continuous battle but as guys like we're called to fight we're also called to love and so understand it also as a love story um and that god's like pursuit of me has always been there and now like i'm finally being receptive of that love and that's hard for us to understand as guys because we, our bodies weren't, yeah, our bodies weren't made to receive, like our bodies were made to give. Um, so it's a little bit hard to understand God's pursuit of us in love, especially in like passionate love as receiving. But we are called like our, yeah, our, we are called to receive God's pursuit of us, even though we are men. And so that's kind of where I'm at now is that I know, I know what my identity is, but that doesn't necessarily make it easy. It's still like a constant battle that I'll fight with and reflect on in prayer. And it's, it's a lot. I mean, ultimately it is, it's like a love story and coming to understand it in that sense has been very transformational in my spiritual life, I would say. And that's basically where we're at now in the story, uh, as of 11.05 Eastern time on July 11th, 2023 is not over. So 
we're st- still playing our roles in salvation history. God hasn't decided to take me out yet. So here I am on the podcast with you. Uh, wow. Dang, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I mean, there's a lot of things to your story that, that I resonated with, but particularly your desire just to know your desire just to know the truth right and you you like went through all the youtube videos you went through all the the things and like wrestling with your 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 christian background right um and just like feeling of like there's got to be something more you know that that i'm that i'm going after you know and i think a lot of us you know i won't speak for everyone here but i think all of us are one way or another yeah we're 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 desiring to know more we're desiring to to um connect with others like to grow grow in deeper relationship you know whether we know that consciously or not but there's always a desire um for us to continue like to to really get to know someone or get to know ourselves sometimes we just don't know ourselves um as well as we think we do and so yeah that that's just incredible man i i um yeah, it's just, it's really awesome just to see, like, you know, where has God led you, like, in the upcoming, like, in the past, past three or four years, um, you know, your career in, in baseball, and, like, now coming to Mason, and, and now going off to be a missionary, you know, it's like, yeah, God, God had this planned out for you, yeah. you know, from the very moment that you were born, so that's, that's just, you know, yeah. there's, yeah, it's beautiful. I, There's a lot to really be there is. grateful. Yeah, no, you can't make things up. Literally, I I didn't tell focus. You know, even in some unique ways, you see God kind of um, winking at us, as we'll say a lot as Catholics. But like, I didn't even tell focus that I I, I love military stuff, and I didn't tell anybody that. And they placed me in a military academy, and I also didn't tell them that my godparents, my um, one of my aunt and uncles they live right next to the coach academy i didn't tell them that either and <laughs> i got placed there at the academy so it's just like you're saying you can't the like the way that god has just like woven our lives for us um is so beautiful and so it, it's just amazing to be able to reflect obviously in the moment obviously we a lot of times we don't see these things but to be able to reflect in the past and be like oh yeah this is what he was doing it's not easy to feel in the present, hmm. but to look back and be like, oh, I see, ex- I see, I see what, I think I see what he was doing. And one day I hope to know exactly what he was doing when he explains it to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, dude. Wow. Wrap. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And thank you guys all for listening. Um, we're about at 50 minutes. So, hey, maybe one day we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have short episodes. <laughs> but it's not going to be this episode. <laughs> <laughs> hey that's okay they can listen to it anytime yeah, you know we're pause it we're play. we're we're in it <laughs> yeah All is right. there um is there any any shout outs you like to um like to give out mm, let's see let's give a shout out to all of my family my mom my dad my sister my niece um yeah let's give a shout out to all of them you know being there with me throughout all this um yeah all the craziness of growing up and raising kids and being a sister and everything in these day and ages and then yeah being there for me now with the some of the crazy decisions i've made in my life of giving up my job and being a missionary <laughs> so uh go shout out to them what about you 
Mm. MVPs. Um, you know, I'd like to give a shout out to um, one of um, one of my best friends. Um, uh, his name's Kaya. Uh, he's a he just um, he just got out of the military, um, out of the army, and he is um, back at home. And you know, he's a very talented musician. Um, he likes to you know he likes to not be in the center of attention. He'd be like you know oh, I'm not that good, but very good pian- uh, piano player. Um, but gr- great yeah great stuff that he's doing. He's uh, I had the privilege to go hear a concert that he was giving um not too long ago and it was like uh, a recital of like all young like young um music students and they were just like playing all these like chopins and bach and you know just like very like beautiful music stuff and so um yeah he's just he's just doing a lot of good there and yeah pray for him um as he discerns what the next step in his in his life is um so but uh yeah he just he just came to mind. Nice. So Kaya, if you're listening, shout out to you, man. <laughs> um, we'll see each other soon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Praise God. Yeah. I'm glad we got to hop on for our episode, and we will we will mm-hmm. see you guys for the next one. But thank you guys as always so much for listening. And yeah, no way we say it in the exit, but please please share the podcast as much as possible. So, all right, God bless, mm-hmm. guys. We will see you next time. Until next time, you're a beloved son of God, or a beloved daughter. All right, as always, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And if you haven't already, please share the podcast with a friend, give us a rating on Spotify, and give us a follow on Instagram at the.belovedson. All right, guys, God bless.